Welcome back to another episode of Sketch Nerds, where we break down sketch comedy. What works, what doesn't work, what we like, what we don't like, and why. Today we have a special episode. Our intrepid producer, Isaiah Hedden, was in New York City and sat down with the minds behind the parent trap, colon, Lord of the Twins trilogy. They not only discussed the history of the two-woman show, but chatted about a sketch from Saturday Night Live. You can find information about this podcast, as well as the sketch we're going to be discussing, at badmedicinecomedy.com slash sketchnerds. Hi everyone, uh, Isaiah Hedden here in New York City. I have a wonderful chance to sit down with the two lovely ladies of The Parent Trap, Lord of the Twins Trilogy, Julia Schwarter. Hello. And Nicole Pascaretta. Yeah! Yeah, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I got that right, I feel good. That was awesome, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Oh, um, thank you. I know this is kind of a a one-shot special edition, so. Yes, we're very busy, we're very, yeah, we, we're we glad that we could fit this into our very busy schedule. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm very honored to, to be here. Uh, but let's go ahead and get started. Uh, can you tell us about the background of your comedy? Yes. Okay, this is Julia, I, I, I'll kick things off. Thank um, you. So, we actually both, we met in Detroit, um, where at Go Comedy Improv Theater, where we both started taking improv classes. I started, um, yeah, we both started in 2013 taking improv classes. I started taking sketch classes about a year later and kind of have been doing sketch and improv in, um, was doing it in the Detroit area for a few years um, after that, all around Metro Detroit and then a little bit in Ann Arbor as well, and then moved to New York in 2017, uh, June of 2017, and then I've been kind of doing um, different stuff uh, here. Wow, amazing. Yeah. Now, why did you sign up to do this? Was this kind of like, I need friends? Or was this like, I've always been interested in comedy, and I just did it? Because I don't think of, when I think of Detroit, comedy is not where I go first. <laughs> yeah, I, so I've always been like a... Um, performative person. I danced as a kid and um, was always a goofball and loved laughing and making other people laugh and stuff like that. And kind of started really getting into like comedy, comedy, like um, it was after college and just kind of trying to find myself and decided to just take an improv class. Like all my favorite comedians were like, oh, improv. I don't really know what it was, but found like go comedy improv theater. Someone I mentioned it on Facebook. I'm like, I've never heard of this, but I'm going to Google it. And it spoke to me, and I took a class and kind of felt right at home. I was like, yep, this is this is where I'm supposed to be. So improv was so fun, and, I, and then I also, of course, loved SNL. Um, and so when they kind of started offering sketch classes, I was like, yep, also going to do that. Just consuming as much as I could. I was like head over heels, let me to everything that they have to offer, haven't stopped since. That's amazing. Uh, do you have a similar story as well? I do. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Nicole. Um, <laughs> this is Nicole speaking. So I, when I was young, I always wanted to be an actress, but like I feel like I never wanted to, I feel like I'm realizing this now, I never wanted to like fail at the thing I wanted. So mm -hmm. my whole life, I was always like the weirdo in class or like 
whatever and just like mm-hmm. the funny not funny you know what I mean just like you can say you're funny <laughs> you're class clown yeah. I'll say it for you I didn't get class clown no they didn't have that category I was past. but <laughs> so I was just like the weirdo and like the way I talk and am I was just very like performative but I was in sports and stuff in high school and then um in college I studied film because I was like oh I'll put myself in my own films but instead of taking theater I went the theater route I did film and then but I always wanted to like be in other people's films and stuff and so then after college I moved back home same similar thing my dad knew about go comedy improv theater so I googled it and I like was so nervous and threw my card and signed up for a improv class Mm -hmm. and I felt the same way like after taking a class I was like this is the thing I was looking for my entire life, but didn't know I was looking for. And I think uh, improv, like, I think it was Bossy Pants by Tina Fey that, like, was like, oh, like, kind of, like, mm-hmm. put it in my mind there. Um, and then I took improv classes, like, immediately obsessed, like, being a part of multiple troops and then rehearsing and auditioning for shows. And and then I also took sketch classes at Planet Ant Theater, which... Um, is in Hamtramck, Michigan, and uh, we put up a show, and then from there just was a part of different processes to do sketch shows, and yeah, so. No. And then I also did, sorry. No, no, <laughs> so please, no, please. <laughs> and I I'm also, <laughs> so improv, sketch comedy, and then I um, also have done musicals at the Ringwald Theater um, in Ferndale, Michigan, so, and they were usually on the comedic side so (laughs) yeah now what brought you guys to New York was it the comedy scene yeah definitely so I I was um working like we both had nine to fives I was in uh, my background is in public health um so I was kind of working like a nine to five job and uh just doing more and more in um uh improv and sketch and stuff and just kind of like had an itch like I never thought that it could be I could like focus on that. And in Detroit, it's kind of hard to do that anyway. Like, like you said, it's not a thriving kind of acting town or, or whatever. Even though the talent is absolutely there, it's just hard to make a career out of it. And, uh, uh, actually the director of our show is also my boyfriend, James Quesada. And he, Nicole and I just kind of like, we're talking about bigger picture stuff and, um, what if we kind of took it to the next level and we, and New York came up and all three of us kind of were like individually thinking like, oh man, like whatever. And then we just like had this conversation in my apartment yes. in Detroit one time and we all kind of were like, oh my God, we should, <laughs> let's do this. Like, let's move. Um, and yeah, the, the idea would be like, let's put comedy and, and entertainment first. And just to add, I um, 100% agree. And also just like the live theater scene seems mm-hmm. more like there's just so many more opportunities to put up your own shows too. I just feel like there's a million theaters on every street mm-hmm. when so it's the more of the live theater vibe when LA feels more like TV film still live theater but mm-hmm. this to me just like the vibes. Yeah New York is that <laughs> total it's yeah it's, it's the place and also like kind of was appealing to us because it's the place where people go to like self-produce their their stuff. That's like the 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 place to be. It's just like a really inspiring and cool place to be because of that. And I think the nature of our show was very like we had an idea, we got James on board, and just the three of us together, like no one asked for this. 
It's an absolute <laughs> passion project. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. We put it together, and it uh, became, like, a very awesome, successful show, and, and it felt like kind of um, uh, right to be in New York if um, we're just kind of, like, paralleling that path. Well, since you brought up the show, let's mm-hmm. talk about the show sure. real quick. Um, what is it, and what was the inspiration for it? Yeah, so <laughs> we even say this in our show, but Nicole and I, when we when we met, there's always those people, you know, when you, like, quote movies you like or whatever, mm-hmm. and it would always be the parent trap for us. It would always come up, and <laughs> we just, like, oh, it was very clear we found out um, that we both were just obsessed with this movie. And then James are, is, um, he did and coached um, forensics, which is a term that I found that is only <laughs> regional, but it's basically competitive speech and acting. And, he, and it's very like choreographed movements and highly rehearsed uh, storytelling was his forte. And so I went to see a show that he was coaching. It was at a high school, the high school group. And I was just blown away by this like, performance. It was very, like, line after line, everybody acting out everything, and there's particularly this duo that did, that took a movie, it was um, 500 Days of Summer, which I loved, and they basically condensed it into, like, a five-minute piece. Um, And I thought, oh my god, I think we could make a show out of, like, our love for The Parent Trap. And so, Nicole obviously was on board, and we brought it up to James, and he was like, yeah, let's do this. (laughs) Yeah, and so we didn't obviously know that the show would be infused with the Lord of the Rings at the end product. So we had James, our director, is like this brilliant mind, and he did such a great job of like, like we all worked together and like we had these different assignments, like write down just like the entire plot of the movie, like from start to finish, from memory, like don't go look anything up and like describe it in the way that you remember it. And then also we did different passes of like, kind of like a trailer describing like the film in like a paragraph, but with different genres. And that's where it kind of pulled out different, like it it was like veering towards like this epic, like intense story that we, yeah, like we were talking about it as if it were like, <laughs> like crazy <laughs> yeah, and intense, like a war and like a battles to the death. And, and that just came out and James was like, we're going to lean into this. <laughs> totally. Yes. <laughs> so that process alone was just like so like creative. And I felt like the most like my voice was coming out. And this show is like so representative Mm-hmm. Is that a word? You got it. Um, <laughs> I feel like of our voice and James's voice mm-hmm. and just our style. So that's what makes it so unique because we couldn't have guessed that this show would come out of the process. Yeah, like truly organic. And and that was the cool thing about it too is like it's not just a retelling of the um, of the movie. Like within the, the process that we did, it's like also like finding different themes and like, <laughs> yeah, just like everything that came out of that writing process and, and choreography um, of the show, it's like has turned into this like whole other thing that yeah, truly like defines us. <laughs> when you're parroting something like that, mm-hmm. what do you think is the hardest part? Is is it taking or is it reminding people, hey, remember that movie you once saw or seen a thousand times? These are our favorite moments, or are you, like you said, really telling almost a different story that's wrapped up and packaged with this parody? So I would say 
it is like the story that everyone knows and loves, but it's like through our eyes, which is completely different. So it's like heightened by these like, like Lord of the Rings elements, like these, like slaying a dragon is like how we compare like taking down Meredith, like the evil soon to be stepmother. So it's like the same story that we all know and love and like recognize, but like if you don't even know either film, it's still like we take you along the journey. So you're like, on, you're with us the whole way. So when we like sprinkle in these like crazy moments, so it's not like, whoa, where, where did these like dragon things come from? It's a good but, idea. Yeah. I mean, have people who've never seen both movies come to a show and I said, hey, I didn't know what was going on, but mm -hmm. I could follow what you were doing. Is yeah. that, have you seen that? Absolutely. We'll have people, because uh, you know, a lot of people have seen them, uh, at least one of the movies, but we, we do have people come and be like, I've never seen The Parent Trap or I know nothing about Lord of the Rings. And that was still like so, uh, so, so fun and amazing to me. And I feel like I don't, I don't even need to see it. <laughs> yeah, so like no matter what knowledge base you have going into our show, you it it's like enjoyable and and like epic no matter what. <laughs> Amazing. Um, you guys wanted to play a clip from The Parent Trap, the Lindsay Lohan version. Yes. That kind of inspired this. So let's play the clip real quick. Jesse, I Changed a lot over the summer, that's all. Okay. Boy, if I didn't know any better, I'd say it's almost like you were... Forget it. It's impossible. Almost as if I were who, Jesse? Nobody. Nobody. Forget I mentioned it. Almost as if I were Annie? You know about Annie? I am Annie. Hal. Oh. Hal, why did you take off on me like that? I told you I wanted to talk to you about something. Jesse, why are you looking at her like that? Like what? I'm not looking at her in any special way. I'm looking at her like I've looked at her for 11 years. Since the day she came home from the hospital. Six pounds, 11 ounces, 21 inches long. This is how I look at her. Can I hug her? That clip is probably my favorite part of the whole movie. <laughs> oh. 100%. Oh, it's so good. It's a huge turning point. Oh, it's so wonderful. <laughs> yes, it, it makes me cry every time. So, uh, <laughs> I get it. I feel it. I'm about to have a niece uh, in September. So like now I'm like, oh my God. Yes. It's, so, it's so much... Heartfelt now. Real quick before we move on to the sketch we brought today. Mm -hmm. Tips for noobs. Tips for people who are trying this out for the first time. Say there's someone who's coming up the ranks. They want to take Jurassic Park and Transformers and, <laughs> and do what you did. What are the tips? What should they do or not do to, to make a show like this? I would say, like, don't have an end goal in mind. Like, let it be organic and let it, like, naturally flow. Like, really pull out the things you love about it because that's what's going to shine. Like you can't fake like something that you love. So if you pull out everything you love and you just keep writing and writing, like literally the amount we wrote, that's why we broke it into three parts because we mm -hmm. wrote so much, so much and so much didn't make it in. 
But I, I think what, why each line really matters in our show is because we put it all out there and we really like cut everything that like was necessary in. So it's just mm -hmm. if you write or work on something that you love and you just mold it until it feels right. Yeah. And I, and I think like, yeah, on that note, it can be hard when you love something so much, yeah. uh, whether it's Jurassic Park or, or whatever it is. It can be hard because you love every single part, but you need to also find out as you're going through, if this is the type of show you want to do, like find out what story you're telling. It, again, it's not just a retelling of that, that um, the movie or, or whatever piece you want to um, adapt. It's like finding your spin on it. And for us, it was like the highly physical kind of like epicness of the um, Parent Trap movie. But whatever it is, it, that's going to be your spin on it. Make it something different and find what themes you keep pulling out from that movie that keep coming up and stuff. And uh, also find uh, yourself a good director. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, let's talk about the sketch. You want to introduce it? Yes, I'd love to. So it's from uh, one of the recent SNL um, nights with when John Mulaney hosted. So this sketch is a parody of an episode from the show Cinema Classics. The episode is a, a scene from To Have and Have Not, starring Humphrey Bogart, played by John Mulaney, and Lauren Bacall, played by Kate McKinnon. They play and heighten the classic tropes of the film, uh, film noir genre, classic films, and the famous whistle scene from that film. <laughs> I've actually never whistled before. I thought it would be intuitive, but it's pretty hard. Well, what kind of a man would I be if I turned away a dame like you over something like that? Mm. Good. Now, I really should go to bed. And I'm just right down the hall, just a whistle away. You know how, right? Yes, I do. You just put your two lips together and blow. <laughs> No, wait, I think it, wait, isn't it like, it's like, ah! Oh, am I whistling? No, oh. no, of course not. Why did you bring that sketch to us today? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, this, I, when I saw this sketch, I, I think my life was changed. I'm like, this, <laughs> this is so, I think, oh, God, it, it just was perfect to me. Kate McKinnon is an actual treasure. And we get to really just see her do her thing in it. It was like, I think they just kind of like let her play in it. And yeah. it was awesome to see. And specifically, um, this sketch was really fun to me. Because as soon as I saw it, I was reminded of Nicole. And I like immediately found the clip and like sent it to her. I'm like, this, yeah. we need to write something like this for you. It just, yeah, it was like <laughs> absolutely one of my favorite sketches of the last <laughs> decade. And there's something like when I was in a sketch process before, um, the director was like, so what's everyone's favorite genres? And I was like, film noir. And they're like, great. What's your favorite film noir movie? And I was like, good question. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love that era. I love that genre. It's just so funny to me. Like, classic films in general, like, literally slay me. Like, there's something about it. Oh my God. Like, the language, like, the attitude, the, the black and white, yeah. like... The smoking of the cigarette. Like, I just love everything about it. If you want to come over it. here, then you better walk fast. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what does that mean? And, like, <laughs> everything about it. And I don't even have to say a movie. Like, I just love it. And the sketch, the fact that they do that genre, like, I love that alone. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, we, we, Nicole and I love a genre. We love a period piece. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and they just nail it. Oh, both of them are so dang good. It's just, <laughs> it's wonderful. So, because it is a genre parody sketch, mm-hmm. how much of a parody do you think you need to do to get it? Like, do you need to hit all the buttons? Or is there like a certain number that you can connect? Because I did the black and white. Mm-hmm. There's the music. We have the little fancy dialogue. But like, at some point, they start to not do everything 100%. Yeah. So like, what's the line, you think? Yeah, well, I think the first time we see them kind of break it is when she tries her hand at whistling. <laughs> and then she's just kind of like, okay. When she comes back in, it's like a... Uh, <laughs> It's like, a, okay, um, and so we see that it's broken. But I think, like, they get back into it, and that's, like, absolutely necessary. for the, To set up the second beat, you need, the, you need to get right back into it and, like, get the audience back on board with, like, this is still, we're still in it. <laughs> uh, but this is a, that's a great question, though, because I think parodies do run the line. It's not like a, you don't necessarily want it to be just, like, a um, making fun of or, like, a, simply a commentary on that uh, genre, it really needs to be an homage, which I think they do a really good job of like getting back into it. Like um, John Mulaney, I think just really is such a like, Perfect you know, <laughs> exactly. Yes. He's on the X axis, just like keeping this thing going, doesn't break once. And like truly everything he says, I feel like is in the genre, which is like key to the sketch while she can just kind of play. Mm-hmm. Now, Nicole, the physical comedy of this sketch escalates clearly. Uh-huh. I, I think it goes from being like a little silly to very silly by the end of it. <laughs> um, what would you add? Is, did they miss something that they could have added? Or if it needed to go on for another minute, what, where else could they have gone with it? Um, I, so yeah, so she starts off with like the whistle and then she literally like spits. Fucking <laughs> of spits. And then, and then so when she funny. does like, was it the shimmy? Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, at the, that, yeah, yeah, that's at the end. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that freaking killed me. We had to sing that in Spanish class. <laughs> so it's a real song. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Um, I guess, like, she could have gone, like, even bigger with, like, the physicality, like, even, like, pulling him into it, like, more. Like, he was, like, seated, yeah. you know. And, oh, my God, in the kissing thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like maybe even just, like, bursting his bubble a little more yeah. like she was yeah. more like in her world but like making maybe invading him a little bit yeah or like pulling him into it and he's like no no like you know like the dancing with him maybe like come on now. yeah I, I think pulling him out of his chair would have just totally broken that wall for him and then they're like oh now we're both in this world oh. but yeah the kissing for me definitely is like oh now this is a comedy. Like it was like <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're doing yeah. straight but the second you hit that weird kiss now it's like something's off this is yes. going to go somewhere. You're so and right. And he didn't even break during Not that once. kiss. Oh, his lips were just like <laughs> straight. Uh, yeah, well, and I didn't know. I was like, uh, maybe they do that in, I mean, obviously not like that, but maybe she does like kiss him three times in the actual movie. And then I watched the clip after, because I had not seen the movie, but I watched the clip of To Have and To Have Not afterwards. And it's totally not. It's just like a normal, <laughs> it's a normal kiss. <laughs> but I feel like the right day kiss had to be. <laughs> Neither one you know. of them pucker their lips at all. Oh god, it's so weird. One of the things I love about the sketch is the is all the breaking that's going on. And it's like breaking just as the door is closing. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like they changed the script on her or something. So yes. she's saying the line. She's like, "This isn't 
what we agreed on, but mm -hmm. I'm going to keep going with it. So I don't know if you guys break on your shows. <laughs> we tend to do a couple of times. What does breaking add to a sketch? Oh, this is a great <laughs> I am so bad. I, I, that's my hugest issue with uh, improv and sketch. I, I think in our show, it doesn't come up too much just because we rehearsed it so much. We know what's coming. We know when our big moments are. Um, but there's one, I guess like to answer your question first, I think it can be like a really uh, special way to let the audience know that this is live and you're in the moment. And it kind of like, yeah, that's a great thing about, about live comedy is like we're all here together and it's like a really real moment when someone breaks for real. Now, when it's, like too much or you see that it's kind of forced or you, you see you can tell when it's a defense mechanism it's not actually making someone laugh like they might i i don't know i i've even had it where like nothing i did make made me laugh but something i did fell so hard or like i try i went for something and didn't commit fully and like it didn't get the response i wanted and it can be a defense where like you laugh because you want to show people that like oh i'm not you know i yeah i know that was stupid but that makes it so much worse so i guess what i'll say on breaking is like i think it can be fine if it's like truly genuine and something really takes you by surprise and it can be like a clowning moment and like very fun for yourself and the audience and people on stage. But I think I, it's something I work on because it's very annoying when it's just like a normal line and someone's like breaking for no reason. It really, it does kind of take you out of it. And I, and I will say with the sketch to John Mulaney being not breaking, I think pays off so much. Yeah. But I think that when Kate does it, it's so interesting. Like, cause I'm, I was like talking to Julia about this. I was like, it's like this weird line is, is she breaking as Kate or is she breaking as the actress playing, like Lauren Bacall mm -hmm. playing this character? Okay. Because she's kind of like, Maybe I'm gay. What do you think? Yeah. And, she, and like that little <laughs> smile with it, like, I, I is, don't know. Maybe is she I'm breaking as Kate or is she breaking <laughs> as the character? Because it's like a very fine line. Like it like dips into it. Like it's, it's I can't tell. Like there was moments where I'm like, I can't tell if she's mm -hmm. being like, Yep, I just like spit water out like that. Or I, that was my whistle that I just did. Or is she like the character like, oh, I thought it'd be more intuitive. Yeah. <laughs> I think Kate has an awesome, because you'll, you'll see her like, her break is just like a little smile and then she gets right back. And she'll do this like if she's yeah. like a weekend update character or whatever it is. Like, and it's, and it's so great because it's just like a little, a little smile and gets right back into it where you almost don't know if like she's actually breaking or not. So yeah, we were like kind of talking about it like, <laughs> It looks like she really has room to like improvise in this, and I could be totally wrong, but it does it does really feel like she's kind of breaking herself, but she gets right back in. I don't know. It's like, uh, yeah, pretty interesting. The I think is real. I've seen her do it a couple of times mm -hmm. and other stuff where like she doesn't fall out of it. Like mm -hmm. Jimmy yeah, Fallon, Jimmy Fallon like, would fall out oh, of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But she like, it's like a wink almost yes. to the audience, and then she gets right back yeah. to the promo. Yeah. I love, I love it. Mm. Thinking of the, the, the gay line, which I think is a, Probably the biggest joke yep. on the whole sketch. Um, I think Keenan's Open had some really dingers in it too as well. Mm -hmm. um, but I did notice that his Open, it's one-fourth of the sketch. It's a, it's a good chunk of time. Yeah. Does it need to be that long? Is, it, is that a part of the parody? Or could, they, could he have just come on said, hey, blah, 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 welcome to the show. This is, this, this is the movie. And like go right to it. Like, Do you think that was necessary? or 
Yeah, because he like gets into his, and that's my wife. <laughs> so yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I'll watch Keenan do anything. I thought this too. I actually was like, yeah, this is really is like a lead up here. And how much do we need? And I and I guess like I wasn't bothered by it being that long, but that's because it's Keenan. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I also cinema classics is that's like a real show. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a parody of a real show, or it is okay. a real show. But I've I've seen that. Format, yeah, exactly, you know? exactly. Introducing whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I think I, I I wasn't bothered by the length, and yeah, I just think I don't know those few jokes, whatever. Uh, it's a little bit of a red herring for like, okay, this isn't. We know this isn't the sketch. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but then we get into it, and, you, and he, we don't see him again. You know, it's yeah. not like he closes <laughs> the door. Come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you think. Yeah, I would say. It didn't need to be there, but also I really enjoyed it, and I'm glad it was, because that character, he wasn't just like a, and now, ready for cinema classics. He was like, you know, like he was a very much a big character. When yeah. the, that hosting role, I feel like normally isn't. It is, is more it, of like a it, straight, what? like, do oh yeah. what? Like, what is that? Is that a joke? Is that? Yeah. Could anyone else do that? Exactly. And that's why, like, I'm, well, I was laughing out loud on the train. I think keep keep that. Yes, and also, and he gets the information out. Like I think, in in the same way that like intros for uh, improv shows and like prepping the audience for like what they're about to see, he does say, you know, for anyone that's not familiar with to have or to have not, you know, then okay, this is a real movie. Okay, this is a famous scene. Yeah, he gets that stuff out, and you know, it gets gets the info out. But (laughs) truly, yeah. Anything he does. <laughs> uh, you guys talked a lot about cutting and editing your work when you were working on your The Parent Trap trilogy. Now, I know that there are kind of two jokes or two games at play in this sketch. You know, it's a kind of a parody thing going on, but she also can't do the thing she's telling him to do. And so <laughs> even when she says, you know how to sing, you know, or, you know, you know how to dance, like you start laughing because you're like, all right, here's here she's coming. Yep. She's gonna not be able to do the thing she can do. She's asking him to do. Um, so it works in this. But sometimes when you have like multiple games going at once, mm-hmm. um, there there's an issue there. Like it doesn't feel right. So what is your process for trying to fix things when there may be like too many games going on at once? I think that's so common in sketches. People try to do too much. You get in a writer's room and you have one idea, and then it's like you know, it's a room full of comedians, so they all want to, like, get their bits out. And then it's like, that's funny. Put it in the sketch. And you watch it on stage, and it's like, oh, my God, how, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. So I think that's a huge thing with, with sketches, to know why you're writing the sketch and know what the point of it is. And something that is funny in the writer's room might be funny only because it's in the writer's room and because you're doing uh, because you're doing bits together. You're not trying to when you're on stage, you're not trying to make the writers laugh. You're trying to make the audience laugh. You need to put yourself in that position and get the information out that you need to get out and no gratuitous kind of like bits wings. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes you need it. But like, yeah, that's my take on it is like, oh, don't don't try to do too much. Yeah. I definitely have found that self-editing is probably the hardest oh my thing God, like, yes. to Worst. do, period. Like, yes. I, I know what our writer room tends to say, so I'll go through and be like, I got it all. <laughs> There's nothing in here now. I, I, I hear your words already. And then I get out there and I put it out there. And they're like, there's four games going on. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. I'm like, four games? Where? <laughs> and sure enough, there's like four games going on. Yeah. It is 
totally. definitely stressful. And then like, what's funny in the writer's room is it's almost never funny. Really funny on stage. Yeah. I, I felt like my, when I was first writing, especially, that was my problem. I was the girl coming in with eight pages and I was like, yeah. Like I had so many ideas, but I couldn't like pinpoint the one thing. And I remember a director told me once like, even your stage direction had, like the joke is in the stage direction. Like mm -hmm. put that in like the dialogue. Cause I'd be like, oh, like the way I describe how the character should do a thing would be like funny. And they'd be like, no, like put that in the actual piece itself. So I feel like that was so hard for me. And like self-editing is like so mm -hmm. hard. Cause I'm like, I don't know what's like. Oh, I need somebody else. Can it's you just so look hard. at this, tell me Pain. what, yeah, exactly. Teamwork. Yep. This podcast is brought to you by the sketch comedy troupe Bad Medicine, DC's best sketch comedy about the worst of humanity. Visit badmedicinecomedy.com for info about live shows, workshops, and t-shirts for people who love comedy. All right, time for final thoughts. This is the part where we get to rate the sketch that we talked about today. Mm -hmm. uh, what is your rating you got here? Okay, so it's pretty standard. We did uh, Oreos and peanut butter uh, from... Zero is the lowest, and then eight million is the highest. Are you adding the peanut butter to the Oreos, or is this the Oreos and peanut butter that they're selling in the pack? I feel like that's cheating. We need the Oreos dipped in peanut butter, just like, <laughs> just like our twins. It's the only do. way. Perfect. Yep. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> On the Richter scale. Yeah. Okay, so Nicole, you first. What would you rate to have and have not? I would say eight million. <laughs> Peanut butter, and can I add a 0.5? Oh, I'm sorry Above to the scale. Perfect. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go truly eight million Oreos <laughs> <laughs> and peanut butter. Um, and I could, I could dock a half point there because yes, it's a little unclear if she's breaking and like. Uh, as her character, as herself, like, what are we going for here? Um, but I also think that's part of the fun of it. So to even it out, I'll do a minus 0.5 just because. Um, but I think this is a, my 100% ideal sketch. <laughs> Very cool. I'm going to give it a solid 7 million. That's still a lot. It's still a lot. Yeah, I, but a I, lot. I feel like it's, proportionally, <laughs> it's not perfect, yeah. no, but it's I at the 7 million. I agree. Um, I think I actually would have liked to have seen her pull... John's character out of the chair. Yeah. And and just because like once she does the singing and the dancing mm -hmm. part to go back to the dancing, even though she does raise it by getting even sillier, I think by just breaking his wall mm -hmm. completely and yes. like tearing off his tie or something. Or I was thinking a parade. Oh. Like, oh, let's do a parade. Let's get uh, <laughs> just, I, Like, after yeah. you asked me that, I didn't think about it. And I was like, parade. It that's the next step. It needs to be a parade. Yeah. No, really, though, you're right, because it goes from um, singing and she kind of dances. And then the shimmy is the button, right? Isn't yeah, that yeah, just the button? Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. yeah. we could have gone full parade. We could have gone full parade. Because that's like singing, dancing, music. Like, a trombone, a band comes oh, in. She yeah. pulls out a trombone or like and starts an accordion's olden day. Yeah. You know how to parade, don't you? <laughs> Oh, yes. Okay, it came to me. It just took a minute. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll write to Lauren. Uh, we're right in the city. And, um... Yeah. He needs to find new places to pull people, so go exactly. for it. 100%. Ripley Career Studios. You heard it for... Shout out to Ripley. <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for another episode of Sketch Nerds. Um, a special thanks to our guest, 
Julia Schroeder, Nicole Pascoretta. Yeah. All right, uh, the two ladies of the Parent Trap, Lord of the Twins trilogy. Uh, where can our listeners find you online? Um, so for our Parent Trap show, you can find us on uh, Facebook or Instagram at Parent Trap Trilogy. And also online, we have a website, and that is theparenttraptrilogy.com. www. Yep, don't forget that. <laughs> and individually, my Instagram is at no. <laughs> 829. <laughs> Saying it out loud sounds weird. At N I H O E 829. Yeah, that's Nicole. <laughs> Woo! Um, and then I am at Jules1090, um, J U L E S 1090 on Instagram, and uh, you can pretty much find everything there. And I'm on uh, Sketch Team at Magnet. We play on uh, certain Mondays um, every month, um, and that's at Magnet Theater. Uh, we're called Perfect Storm. Yeah, yeah, on Instagram. Oh, they're also on Instagram. You can find it through my Instagram, Patrols Awesome. Thank you guys so much for being on the show. It's been a pleasure. Thank oh, you. thank you. This was so fun. You're great. Listeners, please like, share, and subscribe. If you have a sketch you're interested in us breaking down, please send it to us. We'd love to do that. You can find out more about Sketch Nerds and Bad Medicine at badmedicinecounty.com backslash sketch nerds, where you can also find links to the sketch that we discussed today. You can find this podcast and previous episodes wherever you get your podcasts. For Julia, Nicole, and myself, Isaiah, thanks for listening to Sketch Nerds. This episode was produced by Isaiah Hedden. The closing music tracks were provided by SoundtrackForEverything.com. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act Fair Use Exemption for criticism and commentary. The Sketch Nerds podcast is brought to you by the sketch comedy group Bad Medicine, DC's best sketch comedy about the worst of humanity. For showtimes, videos, and funny t-shirts, please visit badmedicinecomedy.com.